It's a pleasure to be here with you tonight, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here as well as be with my family. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't have to come see Philip. Now that I've come here, I only see half of Philip. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, who is this new guy with my daughter? But uh, uh, I talked to him a little bit, and I said, no, that's the same guy. That's the same guy in there. And, uh, but it's been just terrific to be here. We come home uh, every, two mo- uh, every two months a year uh, because of uh, all the new insurance regulations that came in because of uh, our, uh, the former... Uh, presidency, but uh, our our insurance rates have gone up to a thousand dollars a month. Uh, I'm with BIMI, and um, <clears throat> although they've changed some things now, they are letting us if we can find another insurance cheaper. I think they're letting us change, whereas in the past we couldn't. And uh, if we come home for more than two months, my insurance goes from a thousand dollars a month to two thousand dollars a month. All right, so it only takes two months of not being over here to have enough money to buy tickets to come home. So we decided we would, and everybody says military missionaries are supposed to come home every, uh, every year for a short visit uh, because it's a different kind of work. There's a lot of turnover, which we have. And so we've been in uh, the Naples area. Uh, we call it Bible Baptist Church of Naples. It's not actually in Naples. It's in um, uh, Lago Patria, uh, Italy. And we're, uh, we've been about half uh, migrant African people and American military personnel or government employees, uh, and uh, that's fixing to change. We're fixing to have a bunch of people leave uh, again. So we've had, I guess, two good rotations since we've been there, changes of people, and uh, we pra- praise the Lord for God's work. We had an increase in our faith promise this year. I was like, wow, praise the Lord, and uh, we were, uh, you know, it goes up and down because your people are constantly changing, and uh, so we had an increase in our faith promise. We thank the Lord for that. We, keep, we continue to see people saved, and uh, we find our biggest enemy... Uh, we face with the Americans in particular is the doctrine of the universal church and complacency that you talked about this morning, Pastor, uh, that they just like, well, I go to this Bible study, so I'm, I'm going to church. You know, they have no concept of what the church really is and of what it's about and if they're doing just some religious thing that they're okay. And, uh, and so it's been, a, it's been an interesting challenge. Uh, I think uh, it's, we were trying to decide how long it's been since uh, I preached here. I was here uh, one time during the Hanover Tomato Festival. Amen. And uh, I thought about preaching on what size is your tomato tonight. And, uh, but that was, a, that was a great event. But uh, that was the last. I th- we were thinking we couldn't decide if that was two or three years ago. I think it was three. My wife says three now. That's three. That's how long we've been in Europe that we say three. And, uh, but uh, God has blessed us tremendously in the work, and we're so thankful for what he does. We cont- like I said, we continue to see people saved. Um, uh, and this morning at 6 a.m., we did a face, uh, Facebook, no, we did Messenger, Facebook Messenger call to the church while they're having lunch. So you saw the video, uh, and I apologize. We videoed everything except the congregation for you. And, uh, uh, but you saw, apparently, you, you saw the, the, the bar of food we have. And so in Italy, just about everything's a bar. And so we didn't want to be left out. So we have a bar in our church, and it's a long wooden table, long wooden table, and that's where we put all the food uh, on Sunday. So we do a 9 o'clock Sunday school, 10 o'clock morning worship, lunch, dinner on the grounds every Sunday, and then afternoon service. 
and then everybody goes home. We do that because uh, you know half of our people are coming in on public transportation. Some of them takes two th two hours to get. They take trains and buses, you know. And sometimes uh, somebody won't be there, and we'll say, "Oh, we missed you. They come the next week. Oh, we missed you." He says, "Ah, the, there's no train. <laughs> I tried to come. No train." Uh, the, and the public transportation system is very unreliable. And uh, the Americans come, drive their cars, and uh, and and park there. And so. Uh, God's blessed us with people being saved, and uh, uh, we saw favor this morning, an African young man that I was able to lead the Lord not too long ago, and uh, baptized him, and then my wife has uh, led some ladies to the Lord through the Bible study she's doing on the base. Uh, we were able to get passes to, courtesy passes, to go on the base without being escorted by a military service member, and uh, it doesn't hurt that we're at a Navy base and I'm a, a honorably discharged Navy veteran. And so um, if we have somebody to sponsor us, we can get on the base unescorted. So she's been going to the Protestant Wives of the Chapel teaching the Bible studies out there. And uh, she's been able to lead a couple of ladies to the Lord. And even the week we left to come back, just this past Sunday, uh, a lady that she's been witnessing to and witnessing to, uh, she gave the class to another teacher for the because we were leaving. And um, after the class, the young lady came up, asked her about it and she was able to lead her to the Lord. And uh, my wife's like, wait, I've been, to, I've been witnessing to her for a year. Ah, it seems like a year. She says, yeah, it's been a year. She's been steadily witnessing and answering questions and bringing along, but some water, some plant, some uh, uh, reap the harvest. And, uh, and, I, and I was just thinking about that, how wonderful that is that she was able to get saved. And uh, so we keep seeing people saved and, and uh, the church keeps going. Uh, and uh, we're not a large church. Uh, good days, we, you know, we're probably 50 people on a good day. Everybody shows up. That's nobody's nobody's on vacation. The Americans always a battle with their vacations because every three-day weekend is a now seems to be a four-day weekend with the with the military, and they're always going out of town, going to see someplace new. Lots to see over in Italy. We live in Lago Patri. If you go to the book of maps in your Bible and you look at the journeys of Paul, you'll see the city of Puteoli. Uh, in my Bible, that's, uh, let's see, do I have one there? Uh, I guess the best I've got is, uh, I've got Schofield, so I don't know, it's, it's plate number 11. And you'll see Neapoli and Puteoli on my map. And we live just a stone's throw from Puteoli, which is where Paul came ashore. And they have a plaque up uh, on, the, on the church that's there in Puteoli, the Catholic church, and uh, that commemorates the landing of Paul. They also have a big bronze plaque on a big, chunk of, uh, I don't know, limestone or, I don't know, it's probably marble. Uh, and it's actually a quote of, I think it's Acts chapter 26, 28, Acts 28, where it says Paul came ashore and met with the brethren, stayed seven days. And they have that on a plaque in Italian. And so if you can read Italian, you can, you can read all that. But God has, has just tremendously blessed us. We've really thoroughly enjoyed the ministry, um, and uh, we plan to stay as long as the Lord plans to keep us there. We come here and we want to, of course, we want to stay here, you know, we want to stay in America, be able to be around our kids, but I, I don't know that if, if we came back to America, of course, I'd have to take a pastorate somewhere and get work, and then, you know, how often would I see my kids? I'd probably see them as much now as I would if I was working a job here in America, for all I know, uh, since the Lord's made it possible for us to come home. And so, uh, tremendously good God has been to us. What time do you usually finish up in the evenings, Pastor? Okay, all right then. All right, I'll pick the shorter sermon of the two I had. I had one that usually takes me an hour, hour and a half to preach. And, uh, 
And this morning, Kingsley, our brother Kingsley's African uh, Nigerian gentleman, he preached for us. And so we were talking to everybody. They're all eating lunch and telling us how much they miss us. And we, I mean, which the first Sunday we've been gone, they miss us. And we miss them. And we, uh, it's just, it's just wonderful. We fellowship every Sunday eating food. And that's one thing, we eat food at our church. You show up, you get a Danish or a coffee, you know, and a Danish and coffee between uh, Sunday school and uh, the morning service. After morning service, we eat a lunch. We are right next to a pizzeria. On one side of us is a pizzeria. You get, uh, you know, Italian pizza. And on the other side of us is the new uh, Buffalo Wings, right? It looks just like the franchise here in America, but it's not. It's really close. It's really close. It's really close, but not the same. And uh, <clears throat> so, so we're, and so you know, we're half restaurant as it is. And uh, and so we do uh, the. And then after uh, the afternoon service, whoever's not enrolled in the Faith Bible Institute uh, goes home. And then uh, we have Faith Bible Institute for three hours in the afternoon. And so we've had five graduates from that. Uh, one being myself. So I now I now have studied the Bible, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Amen. And my wife got her first degree. No, stop. <laughs> I, she was getting in the middle of a good degree, and I, I married her off and took her away. She, she never got her diploma. And uh, so now she's got a diploma. And, uh, but I tell you what, I never stand, I'm always amazed at my wife's uh, uh, spiritual uh, intellect, or whatever you want to call it, and her ability to, to talk to the, to the women and uh, to minister to them. She just, she's just much of the part of ministry as I am. Uh, we both do, uh, I guess we both do about three lessons a week. Uh, we both do three lessons a week, and so we stay busy studying and uh, preparing our messages and, and trying to win people to Christ. And so it's just been terrific. And so I was going to preach a message on faith tonight, but then I looked at another message said, no. And so I studied that this afternoon, studied over that, studied over that. I said, ah, that's a long message. But uh, uh, so I'm going to, so since I'm here, it's really family. I'll, uh, let's look in Third John, the third epistle of John. And uh, uh, it's wonderful to be here, wonderful to be with you guys and uh, get to know some of you better, get to know some names. So I remember Rob's name now. I remember Rob's name. And uh, I met this other brother, but I've forgotten your name again. Grant. Grant. That, that shouldn't be too hard to remember, Grant. Amen. Grant, I like that. And Pastor Sumter. You know, whenever I hear that name Sumter, I just it, it conjures up strength, you know, stability, and uh, Phillips always giving me little stories about you, <laughs> and they don't diminish the image of strength and stability. <laughs> and he says stuff, and he tells me stuff that you've done over the years, and I'm just always just like, wow. Uh, what a great man of God you have here. And I thank God for all the different men across the country. We'll be leaving uh, Saturday, and we'll be reporting to some churches up in Maryland. Merlin, Merlin, say that right, Merlin. One in the, one in the, uh, so we'll be going to Independent Baptist. I think you all probably know them up there, Pastor Creed. And then we're going across into the Panhandle. Uh, Boones? No. Uh, right, Boones? Boonesboro. Boonesboro. Uh, Victory Baptist is a Victory Baptist in Boonesboro. And so we'll be reporting up there in the evening. So we have two churches we'll be at next Sunday. And then we head out to the Midwest. And uh, so we're thankful for that. So in, in the third epistle of John, uh, uh, John has for us here uh, what I would tell you are three great things. Three great things. 
uh, here in uh, uh, the epistle of uh, Third John. And uh, God's been so good to me, and uh, it makes me think about these things as I read this. This has become one of my favorite passages of Scripture, although when I get up to preach and I read a passage, I almost always say, this is one of my favorite passages. It just seems like the Bible, as you live it, every, it just continues to grow, and everything is just, so, it's just such a marvelous book. It's just so wonderful. Our God is so good. And so let's read uh, uh, verse 1 through 4, and uh, we'll go down through about verse 8, I think, uh, but then uh, we'll just do 1 through 4 to get started. The Scripture says to us, the elder... Uh, unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Amen. And that's a joy that I'm beginning to understand. Amen. The joy of hearing that my children walk in truth. It doesn't say seeing them walk in truth, right? Uh, as we raised our children, we said over and I say, hey, one day you're leaving. <laughs> you're going to marry somebody. You're going to get a job. You're going to go. You're leaving us. Me and mom are staying together, and you're leaving. And so there comes that day when the kids generally go somewhere, uh, and, they, and you hear about them. You hear. Amen. You don't see anymore as much as you hear. And you want to hear that they're walking in truth. And that's a great testimony for any parent to hear of their children. But we'll see uh, that John has a lot more. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, bless us now as we look into this. Uh, give me words that would bless your people, edify, edify your church, and uh, that would strengthen us, and that we would rejoice and have this joy, uh, regardless of the circumstances you put in our lives, that we would have joy in hearing our children walk in truth. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. As uh, pastors have given announcements of uh, these folks that have been ill and in the hospital, um, <clears throat> it's just been really, uh, I've forgotten how much illness there is. Uh, you're a much larger congregation than our congregation. We, we do have some prayers from people telling us to pray for illness, uh, but we, it really doesn't seem like as much, uh, or the kind of illnesses being so strange sometimes, and you know, but we do have deaths is what I've noticed. I've noticed this past year, I think we had two people who said someone in their family had died, pray for my family back in Africa, uh, my brother died or an uncle died, somebody died. And I thought, hmm, maybe that's the difference. Maybe we don't have the doctors and the medical care that we have here in the States, so they just die. They just die. And so uh, it's a different world uh, where we're at over there. Uh, and if we have these three great things in our lives, we can live joyful lives, right? We want to live joyful lives. Do you want a joyful life? Amen? Uh, I do. I like to have a joyful life, uh, and, uh, <clears throat> and joy is certainly a greater thing than just happiness. I like being happy, too, uh, but uh, having a uh, joy is a tremendous thing. And so the three things uh, that are mentioned here uh, that I see John telling us is, first, for, he has for us a great wish, a great wish in 3 John chapter 2, and he says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Now, that's a good verse. I could become a health, wealth, and prosperity preacher on that verse, couldn't I? Amen? I you know, it's, I wish above all things, right, that thou mayest prosper 
And so prosperity, prosperity. Uh, there's something in all of us that wants prosperity, isn't there? Right? There's something in all of us that wants prosperity. The flesh wants prosperity. Because uh, oftentimes with prosperity comes ease, right? And the flesh wants ease. I know mine does. Uh, and uh, as I get older, it wants more ease and more ease. And you have to keep saying, no, no, we're going to, no flesh, we're going to keep going. We've got to keep going. We've got things to do. And uh, so we see pros this prosperity. And prosperity is a great blessing to some people. It's a great blessing to some people. Uh, some people can, uh, you know, we call, they say they have the Midas touch. You know, everything they touch turns to gold. They just know how to manage money. And uh, I was watching a program. No, no, never mind. <laughs> it was talking about money, but how some people, you know, some people in the world just always seem to have money. Have you noticed that? There's certain groups of people, they just seem to have money. They seem to have some kind of, not, they just do. They just have this way of knowing how to make money. And uh, prosperity. Uh, who, who, where, what was it this morning? How much was the amount this morning for uh, to fix the, that we, that we were going to win? Was it John? John, you were going to win a million? And you'd fix, uh, fix us up there? Amen? If you want a million. That's prosperity. Amen. And the pastor said something about who would like to give a million? And I said, sure. well, if I, was, if I became a billionaire, I'd be glad to give a million, wouldn't I? <laughs> now, if I just got a million, would I give the million? <laughs> but prosperity is a great blessing. There are some men who are prosperous, as you mentioned, uh, J.C. Penney uh, gave 90% of his income, right? He said, I'm a, he, he started at 10% tithing off of his business, and he said, Lord, if you keep blessing me, I'll give more. God kept blessing him, blessing him. He kept giving more and more. By, by the end of his life, he was giving 90% uh, to God and keeping 10%. And I'm sure if we had the 10%, we'd say, wow, he was really well off with that 10%. I remember seeing years ago uh, a, a, a television program, and they had some kind of, I don't know, television gospel preacher guy on this TV show, and they had... Uh, uh, movie star on there, and the movie he was, and he was, he preached the gospel on that show. I remember, I was just going, wow, he really, he just really preached the gospel. All it went across the airwaves of America. It was a popular show. It's been at least ten or fifteen, may, maybe twenty years ago, and he preached the gospel on that show. And that movie star, uh, and, and then he said, and if you, you know, if you're in, you should be giving. I think he said you should give your tithe to the church. And the movie star said, man, if I gave my tithe to the church, you know, that'd control the whole church. He says, that's no excuse for not giving your tithe to the church. You know, if you're prosperous, you should have a prosperous tithe. And some people are just able to be a blessing when they have money. Amen? And, uh, but we've all heard the stories of how prosperity is a curse to others. Amen? The people that win the lottery. And then, you know, <laughs> as Pastor was mentioning it this morning, hey, I won the lottery. What are you going to do? Hey, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going home. I'm not working again. I'm going to hire somebody to do everything. And I thought, oh, man, he's going to be miserable. You know, we got to have something as we're going to see what brings great joy into our lives. These three great tasks uh, add up to the, uh, no greater joy. And uh, prosperity is a blessing. Uh, he wishes, this is, when it says, I wish, that wish really literally means a wish. You know, not, 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 it's not any more than that. It's a wish, right? Wishes don't always come true. Wishes can come true. They can happen to you if you're young at heart. But 
This has nothing to do with that. <laughs> it's a wish. It's a wish. And, uh, and so uh, prosperity is a blessing some. It's a curse to others. We've all read about the people that win and go crazy and do crazy things, and uh, the prosperity destroys them. And people seeking prosperity, the Bible tells us plainly that if we make it our goal to seek prosperity, we can pierce ourselves through with many sorrows. And prosperity can become a curse. And so the goal is prosperity, but the real goal is not monetary prosperity, but it's that our souls would prosper. All right? Being in health is, is great. Being prosperous in health is great. I'm thankful for the health I have, but at any time, you know, something can happen, and you can be struck down. It happens so often. And, uh, but to have a soul, a prosperous soul, is a blessing to everyone. It's a blessing to you. It's a blessing to everyone you meet to have a soul that is blessed. And so uh, it's just a tremendous thing. And so, Paul, this is a great wish Yes, it's great to be prosperous, but the greatest prosperity is prosperity of soul. And if you're going to have a prosperous soul, first of all, you have to have a born-again soul. You have to be born again. You have to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And then He enriches us. He prospers us through His Word. He prospers us through His Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit it was, is what gives us the power to live the Christian life. Uh, the law tells us to run and gives us no legs. I don't know who said that. But then and when we get saved and born again, the Spirit comes and He gives us legs to run in righteousness. Amen. That we could not do. The law could not help us. And so that our soul would prosper. And uh, so it's always a, 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 we should always seek that our soul would prosper. And spending time with the Lord, having our quiet time, making sure we're growing and, uh, and being faithful to our services and all these kinds of things. And so it's a great wish for physical prosperity. But your physical prosperity won't do you any good if you don't have a prosperous soul first. And so we see the great wish. And we see his great joy in verses 3 and 4. Right. So, for I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as, even as thou walkest in truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And so... Uh, my children walking in truth, amen, is a great joy. It's a great joy. And so as I see uh, my daughter here with Philip and the children and uh, serving the Lord, I have great joy. I exhort my people, come to be faithful to God. Be faithful in studying your Bible. Be faithful in church. Why? Because I want you to have the joy I have. I want you to be able to be, get down the road a few years. I'm 58. 58, 58 years old. And I said, I want you to have the joy I have when I'm at 58 years old. Right? There's a lot of people when they get to the age of 58, uh, life is, there's not any joy left. Right? Because their soul hasn't prospered. And, uh, and it's a great joy to see my children walking in truth. And, uh, and as we seek to have our children walk in truth, we need to be walking in truth first. We need to be walking in truth first. And uh, we need to bring the Holy Spirit home when we come home. Amen. Uh, there's too many families I've seen over the years in our churches and in my church here in the States. You know, the, the parents are in the church, but the children have left the church. Why? Oftentimes we brought the law home, and the law simply makes us wretched. Oh, wretched man that I am. We can't live by the law. 
We have to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to bring the Holy Spirit home. And the joy, right, one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. We have to have that joy in our homes and bring it home. And, uh, and, and in doing so, uh, we'll see our children as they grow to continue to walk in truth. And, and as he says here, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And then if you could just write back on my Bible, right across the page in the second epistle of John, we see seeing thy children walking in truth. Second John verse 4, he says, I, he, John writes, says, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the Father. Hey, it's a joy to hear about your children walking in truth. Amen? Uh, you know, when you have friends and you hear about their children walking in truth, uh, when you hear about uh, pastors and people in the church, how their children are going on missions trips and how they're going into the ministry and serving the Lord, taking up the mantle, as it were, as we grow older and have to slow down and lay aside certain things that we used to be able to do to see them coming along and taking that up. Thy children, your children. That's the greatest joy there is, is to see my children walking in truth, your children walking in truth, and of course, uh, our children also walking in love. Here in verse 5 and 6 of 2 John, he says, And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this love, that we walk after his commandments, this is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. Amen. Walking in love. This, this walking in truth can only go hand in hand with love. Right? Go hand in hand with love. The greatest, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, the greatest thing is love. Right? The greatest thing is love. And to see that our children are walking in love. And, um, and to realize that when we speak of children, it doesn't have to be our physical offspring. It doesn't have to be our physical offspring. Not everybody gets that privilege. I have a pastor friend, him and his wife, never able to have children. And, um, and I, we were talking to him as we became friends with them, I guess it was 15 years ago, and, um, and they just enjoyed having us. He was the pastor of the Garmisch Baptist Church up in Germany. We would go up there and stay with him, vacation with him. He, he and his wife were dual military retired couple, and and started a church in Garmisch, Germany, and we would go to visit them, and they would host us, and they loved our children, and, and our children loved them, and, uh, but they were never able to have children. And, as we, and then, of course, our children grew up, and then they started having children, and, uh, and as we talked to them again, I, I said, it doesn't end with the first set of children, does it? He says, no, it doesn't. He says, the, the desire... You see all your friends now as you get older, they're all talking about their grandchildren. And you don't have any of those either. But let me tell you what he does have. He has got some spiritual children, and they are all over the world. Uh, the, just like uh, our ministry in Italy has had many of these migrant people, he has led uh, Africans to the Lord. He's got guys serving in Africa today. He's led Muslims to the Lord. They had that huge influx of Muslims into Germany, what was it, two years ago, three years ago? They were flooding over. He led a bunch of them to the Lord. And, uh, you know, <laughs> he get all these questions. The pastor's like, aren't you concerned about having those guys in your church? He says, well, I'd rather have them saved and in my church than outside without Christ. Amen. Amen. 
And so he's made children, and, he's got, and they call him from all over the world, and they want him to come visit them. They want him to come to Africa and visit them in Africa where they're ministering now. And he's raised up these guys all over the world that our children walk in truth. And back in Matthew chapter 12, um, we see the importance of God's family in Matthew chapter 12 uh, as Christ is teaching. And in Matthew chapter 12, verse 46, uh, it says, while he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without, desiring to speak with him. And one said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand towards his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of the Father which is in heaven the same shall be my brother and sister and mother. Hey, this, when we sit here tonight, this is our real family. You're more my family than my mother and father. The folks that are in the Bible Baptist Church in Lago Patria, Bible Baptist Church of Naples, we kind of call it, they're more my family than my parents because I don't know for certain that my parents are saved. Right, Pastor was mentioned some of the praying about witnessing and trying to reach those in our families that are still lost. But our children walking in truth, and uh, it's this is really talking more about spiritual children than it is because your physical children, if they don't become your spiritual children, they'll you, they'll cease to be your children one day. They'll cease to be your children one day. We've got to win them to Christ. Right? We've got to win others to Christ. And that's what brings joy. We have this joy. And every, every Sunday we come together at, our, at the Bible Baptist Church and we have lunch together. And, the, man, we rejoice together and enjoy eating together. Uh, and it's a, it gets a little chaotic at times. We're not a huge church. So uh, when we had dinner on the grounds here, I guess it was last year maybe we were here and you had a dinner on the grounds. I think we had a we had a change of schedule, something happened, and we had to come back. We were planning to be somewhere else, but we had to come back. So we're here for an extra Sunday, and uh, you're having dinner on the grounds or something. I was like, y'all need a lot bigger facility <laughs> for dinner on the grounds. I was like, wow, you know, wow, what a big dinner. Uh, but we're a small, smaller group, and so every, every Sunday we eat dinner, and we fellowship together. So when we think about truth, the great joy, what is truth, right? Who's... Somebody said that in the Bible. What is truth? John 18, 38. Pilate said that. And uh, in, John, in John 8, 32, Jesus said, The truth shall make you free. Amen. John 14, 6, he says, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. And, uh, and then John 17, 17, Thy word is truth. Amen. We got an anchor. Amen. For the soul, as we sing. We have an anchor for the soul. Jesus Christ, the truth. Amen. That word gets bandied about in politics all the time. What's the truth, you know? And, all, all, hey, we know the truth. Jesus is the truth. It's not just a set of laws. It's not just a set of rules. It's not a conversation. It's a person, Jesus Christ. And he is truth incarnate. Amen. And we need to be walking in Him, being born again, and in Christ. As we were born in Adam into sin, and so we need to be born again and be in Christ. 
and walk in Him in truth. And then finally, we see this great wish leads to this great joy, which leads to our great task in verses 5 to 8. He says, Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well, because that for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles, we therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. Now, what's he talking about here? I remember reading these as a new Christian, reading this book on what in the world is he talking about? He's actually talking about missionaries here. This is missionaries. This is the great task. Amen? The great wish. Amen? To be physically prosperous as our soul prospers. Because that physical prosperity, our soul prospering, will bring us to physical prosperity. And the joy of seeing children, our children spiritually walking in truth, will bring us back and enable us to do the great task of missions. The great task of missions. Being fellow helpers to the truth. You are a fellow helper to me and my wife preaching the gospel in Italy to lost and dying people. Amen? Your fellow helpers to the truth. And so <clears throat> he tells us a few things about this great task. It's to be done faithfully in verse 5. Amen? Beloved thou that doest faithfully. Amen? Do you faithfully give your faith promise? All right? Faith promise. The whole, the whole uh, you know, grace giving, the Bible term would be grace giving if we took it out of uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, grace giving. Uh, we call it faith promise by faith promising to give God and doing what? Doing it faithfully. Amen? Doing it faithfully. And it's something to be done faithfully that we have this great task to be fellow helpers to the truth. To be a part of world evangelization. Right? Going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature. And uh, and the only way you can do that is to be part of a missions program. Amen? You cannot do it. You can't preach in Italy except you support a missionary in Italy. Now I look around... Some of y'all need to become missionaries to Italy. We have a high dropout rate in Italy. Now, let me want, you know, I, and anytime we tell people we're missionaries to Italy, they go, oh, wow, that must be wonderful. I said, well, then I, I go, well, that picture you have of Italy in your brain is not the Italy where we lived. Now, the first 10 years we were there was kind of like that. It was a beautiful place to live, all that kind of stuff. But where we live now, it's just, a, it's just a dirty, old, nasty city. It really is. And it's controlled by organized crime. It's not a beautiful place to live. And it's, there's no, I mean, it's, I have a treadmill in my house because I can't go outside and find a nice place to walk. It's, a, you know, it's just, there's, you know, here, I just, I, I'd stay with, uh, Philip and Becca and I'd go out and walk in the neighborhood. I looked at the neighborhoods around here. I said, I'm sure if I want to go for a walk, I can just walk out the door, go over to the neighborhood over there, walk around. And as long as there aren't any wild dogs around, <laughs> uh, it's just you can't do it. And, um, and so they need the gospel where we're at. As we were leaving town, uh, I asked my wife, to count the harlots on the side of the road. One road, leaving our town. How many did you count? Sixteen harlots. One road, leaving our town. We passed sixteen harlots. Human trafficking is like one of the number one things where we are. 
they bring in girls for prostitution. They bring in the Africans for a modern slave labor is what it really is. Uh, they, they pay them, but they, but they don't let them get their paperwork. They don't give them contracts to work, and they bring them in illegally, and then they can pay them substandard wages and the migrant workers. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's common knowledge. Everybody knows that it. it's in, if you look at the publications of organized crime in the world, you'll see uh, pointing to Italy are big arrows from Africa, you know, uh, migrant workers illegally being transported across uh, to provide, to pick tomatoes. But they're not big ones like Hanover tomatoes. <laughs> they're little Roma tomatoes, <laughs> little Roma tomatoes. And so we need to be faithfully working at spreading the gospel, amen, and doing it through ministries. And so it's done faithfully. Uh, this task is to bear witness, verse 6. Pastor was talking about the difference between bearing witness, all right, and testifying or well, evangelism, the difference between witness and evangelism uh, this morning. And so to bear witness, all right, verse 6, he says, you know, which have borne witness, amen, of thy charity before the church, all right? And so... Uh, we're to be bearing witness uh, of God's helping us and you helping us, amen, and then bearing witness to the gospel. And we're to be doing it faithfully. In verse 6, uh, that before the church, whom if you bring forward, part of our mission is to bring, bring people forward who are preaching the gospel, amen. You help bring me forward. As I come back to the States and travel around, you help bring me forward. As I go to different churches, and preach and spread the gospel. We have, and then we have our directors that go around and do missions conferences to encourage people to give more, to sacrifice. And for our sakes, you know, many times it's sacrifice more. All right, it's sacrifice more. And most of us, uh, most of us actually have plenty. And what we need to do is learn to sacrifice if we're going to give more. And when we learn to sacrifice, we find this great joy of. Of as Pastor talked about this morning, our, our shoes going out 40 years. We get shoes last four. I got a car that's 20 years old that I drive in Italy, and I love that car. I love that car. God gave me that car, and it just keeps going. I haven't had a car payment in a long time. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Oh, I dread the thought of having a car payment. I dread it, right? And so I trust God will provide me when it's time. And somehow I've escaped a car payment over here, too. And a long, it's been a long time. But God makes it go, amen, as we help bring people forward. He blesses us in ways we can't even express. We just say, just, it just happens. It just works. The money goes farther. We have the things we need and the things, even the things we want many times. Right? Things we just desire God blesses us with, even though we don't actually need them. Because we are helping to bring forward these, and then uh, we and and it says so. If we bring them forward on their journey, all right. And so mission work is a journey, and uh, some some missionaries do a lot of journeying. Others go to one place. If you're coming to Europe, uh, you need to be set to come to one place and stay there for your life to build a work. Especially with the nationals, especially with the nationals, and that's what we that the ones the churches we've been to where they finally got a church established, taking the lifetime of the missionary to do it. And now it's, it's, it's getting to where they're able to turn some of those churches over to nationals. But it's taken a lifetime of work to do it. And so uh, we're to bring them forward on a godly sword, amen? And, uh, <clears throat> and so uh, it's a wonderful uh, privilege. And, 
to, to bring forward. So we do bring them on the journey. After a godly sort, you will do well. Amen? That is doing well. God calls it doing well. Amen? And so, and then finally he tells us in verse 7 and 8, because that for his name's sake, they went forth taking nothing of the Gentiles. Amen? Hey, we, you know, we're not to take of the Gentiles to do this work. It's to be God's work. It's to be God's work. Right? When I go to Italy and I try to get in the country as an, a, a religious worker, I have to, they have to say, how much income do you have? Right? And that income comes from churches. It comes from God's people. Amen? Not any other source. I'm not allowed to have a job, work a job over there. I'm totally dependent on my mission support to be able to stay in the country. And uh, if I take a job, I violate my visa, I'll get kicked out of the country if I, t if I try to take a job. And so um, we're to take nothing of the Gentiles. Amen. Nothing of the Gentiles. And uh, God then blessed us. Paul, uh, he didn't take anything of the Gentiles. And what did he say? He said, I know how to be uh, in poverty. He knew how to be in prosperity. There was times when support was short. And I've been through those days, uh, 2008, when everything fell apart over here. Oh, man, we were getting 50 cents to the dollar on the euro. Think about that. Went to the mission field in 2008. I was getting half. When I went to the mission field, we got about 120%. The dollar, you know, the euro, I got a, a euro and 20 cents for my dollar. And in 2008, I got 50 cents. 50 cents to the dollar. Uh, we didn't leave the field in 2008. We trusted the Lord, and we learned how to rejoice in not having as much. Amen. And God provided, took care of us, you know. And we could, actually at that time, we couldn't even bring a missionary in to Italy, independent Baptist missionaries. We had gotten in as a test case with Brother Keith Floyd. And then he, uh, uh, subsequently, the Italian, they messed up the paperwork, said, no, you can't do it. I was the first case. We were supposed to sponsor people in. And it was, it took him till 2010 to get all the paperwork redone. And when he called me and said, we can, hey, we're good. We got Missione Batista approved. We can sponsor missionaries in. And so by 2010, that's when I said, I need to come back and raise more support. You know, the euro had just devalued the dollar so much. So that's when I turned the work over in northern Italy. And we came back and got our support back up uh, and uh, stayed home about a year and a half, got our support back up, uh, raised about 40% more support. And, uh, and then God took us down to the Naples area. And it's just been a ter terrific ministry. And, and we've done it as, as God wants us to do it. People say, what kind of programs you got in your church? I say, the only program God has for your church is the mission program. That's the only one I see in the Bible. We have a lot of programs. There's nothing wrong with having programs. But the program of the church is the mission program. And that's the only one you'll find in the Bible is the mission. There's no ladies programs in the Bible, right? There's no... Bible schools in the Bible, there's no, uh, there's no Christian colleges in the Bible, right? There's the church, and the pastor and the church educates the people, and you go out from the church, and the church is God's work. And we have the ladies that come in, my wife has had a few come into the ladies Bible study we have at the church, and she teaches the one at the base, and some of them, some of them will get to know her, and they'll say, well, we want to come to the Bible study at the church, and they come to the one at the church, and they go, Wow, wow, they're like, it's just so much better, so much more when we come to the Bible study of the church than when we go to the 
Protestant wives of the chapel. And you say, why is that? Because when you go to the church and do it, it's God's program now, not a government-sponsored religious program. Now, I'm not against the chapel, and I'm, not, I'm glad there's chaplains, okay? But the church is God's program. The chapel is a government religious program. Everyone's invited to participate. All religions can come, okay? And they are always confused. They have pastors preaching every different wind of doctrine. And then when they come to our church, they get the truth. It's like, you know, uh, you, you get the unwatered down version in the church. You get the whole truth and nothing but the truth. <laughs> Amen. And so, and then it's a, it's a great blessing. He says, so this is what this great joy is for. And we ought, he says, and we close in verse 8, we therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the church. So as you receive me, thank you, Pastor for receiving me and being a fellow helper of the truth. Amen. And as you let me preach here, I get to be a fellow helper for you. Amen. And happy birthday, by the way. Quantiani I. There you go. A little Italian for you. How many years have you there, Pastor? Are, uh, am I older than you? <laughs> the hoary head. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. It's good to laugh. Merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Amen. And joy. Amen. And so here's what, uh, so when John writes, you know, he's got these great things for us. A great wish. Amen. Most of all, that your soul would prosper. Amen. Secondly, this great joy of seeing your children, your, your physical children, your spiritual children, walking in truth and love. Man, it's, there's nothing better. There's nothing better than that. And that gives us the power to continue with our great task of bringing the gospel forth through different missionaries all over the world. Oh, wow, the Korean uh, ministry, I was just like, okay, I've not heard anything about that. That's fascinating. You know, it's like, that's terrific. The gospel going places where it just can't go, right? The gospel going places where it just can't go because we have a great wish, a great joy, a great task, and by God's grace, we can do it. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Let's bow together for prayer tonight.